An introduction to soil redox with me, Matt Powers. And this is a central piece to the new paradigm shift in soil science that many of us are seeing and are part of. But I want it to be clear that redox is a chemistry concept that is old, that just didn't reach soil science until rather recently. And that's why I have, you know, my whole new book, my whole new course influenced by this concept. So I really want to show this concept to the world so that folks can understand the amazing research done by people like Dr. Olivier Husson and others that have allowed for this bridge of understanding to be open to us. I'm going to be referencing a lot of my book today. I'm going to be referencing a lot of metadata, a lot of composite data from years of working with folks like Dr. Olivier Husson, learning from people like John Kempf, as well as professors like Dr. James White, who are testing everything right now in the roots, developing new stains, all of that. I am tied into all these people and learning from them, and I am trying to represent them as best I can. So, with that caveat, understanding where we're coming from, understanding that this is an introduction to a much larger concept that will affect everything, the way you see the world, the way you understand the world and interact with it. So that being said, let's dive in. So many of you have seen this diagram in different forms. Many of you have seen the secession, the forest secession from beach to forest. Some of you have seen it related to the forest being more fungal dominant and the beach and disturbed areas lacking in fungi. But there's some sophistication there that over time has arrived stronger and stronger that, you know, not only is it alkaline, but it's nitrate dominant. And not only when it is acidic, it's ammonium dominant. We, we realize that there's fungal abundance uh, ammonium and acidic linked with humid climates. And while this is true, there is a world of complexity beyond this representation. And it is also true that annuals and perennials need an overlap, a ratio, a different ratio, depending on who they are, of nitrates and ammonium. They need a swing throughout the season and they need always both. So it's not either or, but even this is not perfectly clear because there's another layer to this, okay? And I want us to, to look at this from the pH side at first because pH is the power of hydrogen. And because it's the power of hydrogen, it has to do with the hydrogen cycle. And it has to do with photosynthesis and the way that plants interact with the rhizosphere, the world in the root layer, in the, in the soil, they are either releasing protons, hydrogen protons, or hydroxide. So that's either H+, which attracts cations, or OH negative, which attracts anions. Sound like the classic chemistry? Oh, you better believe it, because this is the seat of pH pH is actually measuring the concentration of protons versus hydroxide in the soil. So if you are really alkaline, you have, you have more hydroxide than protons. 
And the reverse is also true if you're acidic. So at pH neutral, pH 7, it's, it's water, it's neutral, but we have to understand that it's an averaged out number. No soil that is natural is uniform in pH. It changes every micrometer, sometimes pH 4 to 9. But these are averages that we're getting, and the plants themselves are directing the direction of the acidity or alkalinity. They're determining the pH. So this is a page from my book. I go through all the diagrams of all the critical nutrients and elements for plant life and that are key to soil because plants are key to building soil. So if we look a little closer though at photosynthesis from that electron perspective, that proton perspective, we suddenly see a different way of measuring things. The energy that's coming in from the sun through photosynthesis gets turned into energy held in the organic matter. So the electrons actually are held in the reservoir of the organic matter in the soil. And this is why it's so important to have organic matter. And it's also true that the more organic matter you have, the more energy you can hold, and the more you can buffer your soil towards the pH EH ideal zone. So I just said a, a new vocabulary word there, EH. And that is what we're here to talk about today. Soil redox is EH. EH is the measurement of soil redox potential. Redox is reduction and oxidation. Now you've heard of oxidized things. You've heard of oxidized soil probably, but you probably heard, haven't heard of reduced soil because it's a chemistry term and reduction refers to energy being added to the system. I know that sounds crazy that we're reducing the soils mean we're adding energy to them and often increasing the soil volume and, and enriching the soil with nutrients, that means we're adding to it. The, we we got to forgive the chemists. I mean, when they get something wrong, they never change the name for it. They just keep going and expect everyone to memorize their mistake. Um, like, uh, you know, selenite it doesn't even have selenium in it, for instance. And so there's no revision happening. And so we have a lot of these terms that are somewhat difficult until we memorize them. Reduction is one of them. So redox is reduction in oxidation. It is a scale like pH, like H plus versus hydroxide, right? So let's just look at that right here, what that looks like. This is an animation. Just take that in for a second. I'll play it again. You can see that where it's, where, where it's able to reduce, it's getting good sun, it makes the soil darker. It enriches the soil, it adds energy to the soil. Where it's oxidizing, it's harming the soil and making it lighter and there's less sunlight. So it's actually a combination of things that can oxidize the soil. It's not just the soil, the plant stress. It could be that there's not enough light. It could be photosynthesis related. This is a chart based off the work of Olivia Husson in the Redox and Plant Nutrition 2020 published paper. He is absolutely amazing in the work that he's been able to accomplish and amazing as a person, very open, very willing to share and discuss and teach. And this chart really shows you where the favorable conditions are and, and also shows you where we've gone wrong. If we look at the bottom left, acid and reduced, 
That's wet, well-structured aerobic soil with high organic matter levels. And then we look up to the top right, alkaline oxidize. That's low photosynthesis, nutrient deficiency, and toxicity or drought or shade. And this is actually where the, the beach and disturbances, this alkaline oxidized. And the acid reduced is where the forests are. And if you go too far, it becomes the peat bog, right? 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 Makes sense. So what are the other two corners? Well, let's look at it like this. If you're in Montana and the soil's chemistry, the soil chemistry is leaning towards acidic, the actual minerals, when you till it, you've oxidized it by combining it with air. So that is acidic oxidized soil. And then alkaline and reduced, well, that's waterlogged soil and it's alkaline. So that, that's, you know, the salt marshes. That's like that crossover area between the ocean and the land. So it's dry on top, it's wet on bottom, and it, <laughs> and so we suddenly see that we need a little bit of all these places, a d degree we need it to be a little bit dry. We don't want it too wet. So, so we want some compaction. We want some aeration. We want some alkalinity. We want some acidity. We want some energy. We want some cations. We want some anions. So the ideal zone actually allows the plants to easily direct with the minimal amount of energy the direction that's happening at that root zone layer and usually at that individual root hair. Because once they start a conversation, they tailor it to that microbe. And if we look at just the nitrogen cycle, we see that different forms of nitrogen are available at different levels of oxidation versus reduction. So we need these different levels. And if you think about it, when it rains, waterlogs the soil, you have a pH and EH effect happening right there and then, which unlocks things and locks other things out, no doubt. But these things are happening uh, fluidly all around us. And also the microbiology has the greatest control over this, so they're doing it too. These EH charts or Paul charts or pH-EH charts or even PE-PH charts, they are chemistry's classic corrosion charts for every element. I want you to take that in. Classic chemistry, of course, has thought about which elements are stable in which states. This is just what they do. This is, you know, but it is also purified chemistry. There's no uh, other elements interacting usually in this unless they put them in there, right? So these are mathematically calculated and created this is that they put in the different elements to interact and create the charts. That's why some of these charts are composites of several charts. So I include all the different elements in the testing process. And then, so these, these are they're talked about. There's lots of different ones online, depending on what elements they're feeding into the data set. And, and, and I've, I've chosen these for the soil 
data sets. I've chosen these and color coded them myself to show what's green is good, what's red is bad. <laughs> so we show toxicity. So we show the macronutrient and micronutrient availability. And we also see the complexity, right? And when we look at nitrogen, we suddenly see why nitrogen has been so complex. While sometimes your pH seems to be just perfect, but maybe you just tilled or maybe it just rained too hard. And now you've got the EH bouncing up and down. And I mean, the pH is bouncing up and down too at that time too. But the, the, the EH may be something that you aren't thinking about. And that's the reason why that form of nitrogen, nitrogen isn't there. And, you know, some of these things do operate along pH. I know that some toxic things like aluminum, we always talk about, oh, you don't want, you know, to get into this range. But hey, look, there's an aqueous form too. And we know that some plants have no mycorrhizal filter to, to protect them. So they could be taking it up there too. So we have to really look at these things from a scientific perspective and go through and yeah, understand like, as a cation, it's released acidically, but if it's already an aqueous form, there could be trouble too. So we have to be really smart with how we talk about these things. And and also, you know, a lot of these things are pretty darn simple. Um, look at zinc. I mean, that, that cation is ready and available uh, up to almost pH 8, right? Right before it gets oxidized. And and then and then it's it's alkaline in, in the alkaline territory. And so we're seeing this overlap between alkaline and oxidized, I hope, because it's everywhere. Uh, these two are partnered up and interrelated. And when we think about potassium, oh, man, this is why it's a macronutrient. In evolutionarily speaking terms, we were looking at an element that plants couldn't avoid. They couldn't get rid of. It was all up in their grill. And they just had to deal with it and use it somehow. So th this is very important for us to see this deeper picture, I believe, to really understand plants and soil. And that's why I've color-coded it, made it easy, made it uh, into animations and fun things like that so people really get it. When we see the why in the natural world, we are seeing a first principle. And first principles allow us to innovate, to improvise, and adapt, which is pivot power, right? But it's also how nature works. So we're being natural when we do these things. And, and nature is complex, but nature, I believe, is understandable. And when you take the actual, which is what I did for all the cycles as well, I don't have just the you know, corrosion charts up there. I actually mapped it into the reality to show the micro to macro interconnections and pathways for every soil plant nutrient. All the essential ones, even the essential trace ones that are sometimes you know controversial. I even delve into those because we, we have to understand that there are reasons why people are saying that they are essential. So the most important thing to take away from this all is the soil microbiology has the greatest effect on pH EH. So the soil food web, going back to my soil mentor, Dr. Elaine Ingham. I've learned from her one-on-one -on -one throughout the process of writing all of my books as she's 
personally reviewed and discussed these things and actually helped her as well in some of her stuff. And so it, 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 I feel so much respect and, and deep value for her introducing the soil food web. This is all part of the new course, Regenerative Soil, and part of my book, Regenerative Soil, which has been called my best book so far, is being used and recommended for everyone by David Holmgren, the co-creator of Permaculture. You know what I mean? Talk about influences. Talk about you know how all this has been a culmination of all my studies. I, I've been able to combine and find the first principles in creating natural farming, in the biological farming, Dr. Elaine Ingham world, in the John Kemp world, and see how they all relate, whether it's rhizophagy, whether it's mycorrhizal, whether it's the biofertilizer world. There's an underpinning language and connection between all why all these things work and why certain practices in the past have harmed us so badly that we all can understand, communicate, and finally see eye to eye on all these things so that we can make a better world. And soil redox is a fundamental linchpin and key to that conversation collaboration, conversion, and liberation from a limited way of seeing the world. I value the water cycle. I value the hydrogen cycle. I value pH. But we have to remember that it's an average we're taking of our soil, that things change at the micrometer level. We have to also remember that there's EH. And even if we can't test for EH, we can go out there and do a bit of observation and quickly figure out generally what our EH is so that we can shift it or we can diagnose a problem that we're facing much, much easier. I alluded to a lot of things like how soil organic matter is a buffer, how EH affects food, how EH is playing out in our body, in our blood. It is literally everywhere and it's fundamental to understanding our health micro to macro plant animal all of it and so it's a very exciting time to be talking about this remember that it's reduction redox and oxidation is the loss of nutrients so we're talking about antioxidant foods we've just opened a whole different door and we're opening and walking into a new world together. That's what this whole regenerative soil course is all about. That's what that new paradigm around soil science free webinar that's down below, the link is below, is all about as well. Because we are about to unlock new health, new nutrition, and a completely new relationship with nature. And I want you guys to be part of it. So check out the free webinar check out the new book it's it it hit number seven on the on the charts on amazon at one point it qualifies as a bestseller it's the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened to me as an author i mean i just feel intensely honored by what has happened and it's because the information is so powerful and potent and i 
I'm a teacher and I've just been been very blessed to be in the position that I can filter these things and break them down into high school level language and easy to understand images and animations. And I just want to honor all these people and showcase their amazing work and help the world live more regeneratively to build back our soils because they are the key to the health of the planet, to water, retention, to nutrients, to the health of our bodies and the future of all life on earth. If you feel moved by this, if you feel called by this, I invite you to join me in Regenerative Soil. This course will change your life. It will change the way you see the world around you. If you thought this video was, was, was lid flipping, please click the link below, sign up, join us for the webinars that lead up to the full course. Get your questions out of the way so that you can just get settled in for the ride and deep dive with us, starting from square one, from, from the basic, we're gonna go all the way to the commercial professional levels. Gonna go gardening, micro to macro, but we're gonna do it in a way that's understandable, actionable, and powerful for everyone involved. We're gonna have live Q and A's. We're gonna have special guests. I'm gonna be going on consultation runs with folks. We're gonna be going across the country visiting legends in the soil community. I want you to join me for this. It's going to be my best course. This, this presentation is just a tiny, tiny sample of 16 weeks of two to four hours a week of in-depth information. So I hope that you join us. It's gonna be incredible. I'm Matt Powers, grow abundantly, learn daily, and live regeneratively. And I'll see you soon, all right? <laughs>